0: The Barroom Network presents two fired up Bears fans. They are ready to rumble on the Bear Debate. This is David Kaplan from the Cap J Hood Show on ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago. Now get ready to listen and watch the Bulls 101 with Chris and Lero. Take that sparkles.
1: How are we doing, Bulls Nation? Uh, welcome to another edition of uh, Bulls 101. Um, and as you know, um, it's me, Lero, um, and I'm here, as always, joined by my boy, um, Chris Amundsen. Uh, Chris, how are you doing, man? Tell, tell me how you how you feeling. I'm
0: feeling fantastic. Feeling fantastic, man. This is uh, it has been a good week for the Bulls. Three very, very entertaining games. Uh, it's the Christmas season. I mm. Already got my Christmas Christmas party on just <laughs> earlier tonight. So I, in fact, I missed the second half of this game, unfortunately. Uh, but I heard it was it was a great a great come from behind win. Just a gritty, you know, kind of dig deep win. So I'm really excited to to get to talk to you guys, uh, to you and everyone watching about it. And uh, yeah, it's we're sixteen and eight. Can't believe it, man. <laughs> with the schedule we've had, with the injuries, the COVID, Patrick Williams being off for the season, I cannot believe where the Bulls are today. I mean, they're second in the East, and they just beat the best team in the East despite a game where everything pointed to them. should have They should have lost that game. If you yeah. look at all the stats, if you look at the second chance points, the offensive rebounds, the fact that the Nets took 25 more shots than the Bulls. We should have lost this game, and they pulled it out. So I'm, I'm feeling, I'm on, I'm feeling the vibes, I'm feeling it today. How about you, man? How you feeling?
1: You know, um, I, I think you said something that I think we need to touch on a little bit, just a little bit later, is uh, with the Pat injury. Um, and I think, I think these games have been popping up every night, you know, here and there of like, okay, we need a replacement for his his uh, archetype. Um, uh, but again, we could talk about that a little bit later. but uh, like, as for man, the feeling, you know, three and o on this on this, you know, you know, we had two away in New York and then we had one at home against the hornets um to go three and zero after having a little rough, rough patch, um that says a lot about the team, uh, says a lot about Billy, um says a lot about this organization that that you know they can get over, you know, little collapses like that, little little, you know, bumps in the road they can get back up and get right back on the um on the on the train and keep it going um and you know it it, it like you said it has been a great feeling it's really been fun to see this team fight um and claw unnecessarily i mean there've been uh, games where we you know the bulls have been up 19 and it, you would think it should be a you know nice sailing going into a win and it just turns into <laughs> You know, it's a battle when it didn't need to be. But anyway, um, I, I think we should kind of maybe touch, you know, uh, from the first game, and then we'll get to tonight. Um, but the yeah, Hornets we we'll that.
0: Um, yeah, there. hey, what's up, Marcus? Oh yeah, uh, what's Marcus up? Mr. Chat? couch. What's up, man? Nice um, game tonight. Yes, sir. Oh yeah.
1: Um, but how how did you feel um about that Hornets game? Um, I, I believe it ended up being one nineteen and one thirty three. Uh, as a total as the you know final score um after having a big lead uh uh how do you feel about it? how did you feel about that game
0: that one was interesting because i felt like from just from a fan perspective it was a lot of fun to watch the you know lamello versus lonzo battle um just the shot making was incredible uh it was a really 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 fun game i liked it a lot uh it was definitely it definitely felt to me defense optional and Ooh. that that worried me a little bit because our defense has fueled so much of our success this season yeah. and so i i didn't want them to get into a complacency where they're like hey man we've got a lot of guys that can just they can just put the put the uh, you know put the ball in the bucket um and the hornets do too right the hornets their their offense has been really good this season their defense has been horrendous And so they get into shootouts with a lot of teams. And so I, what, you know, Hey, we won the shootout and we won the game by 12 points. But the reason I think they were able to get back into it and stay with us as long as they did is because I didn't think our defense was quite up to par. Um, But it shows you the talent of this team offensively. And I think we've started to see this last week or so with Vooch kind of rounding into form here. This offense can be devastating. I mean when Vooch is on, like he has been the last few games, and you, you know, his his stat tonight wasn't as wasn't as good as the, the two games before, but he's still such an important cog in the offensive machinery. And when he's there, it hums sometimes. And you know, we saw it in preseason with that Pelicans game and the first game against the Cavs. The offense was devastating. It was devastating. And but you know, we hadn't seen it against quality opponents, but now we saw it against the Knicks. The Nets and the Hornets, all of which are in the playoff race. Um, at least uh, Knicks are now 11 and 12. So sorry, Knicks fans. Now under 500. and I know they're going through it right now, but yeah, I can't. I mean, it was a lot of fun. But did you feel like it was defense optional, or is it just me?
1: I definitely felt that way. I, f- I felt, um, I felt like that game. <laughs> it's just I felt like they were in control of that game for a, for a very long time. And then I I want to say, uh, if I remember right, Zach and Vooch subbed out, and I felt like he just, the, it just – it kind of changed from there. Um, and I think, you know, Billy waited just a little bit too long to get Zach and, and Vooch back in there, and then they ended up right in the ship. But, no, I, I, I completely agree. Um, that game as well, um, I think it changed when they went to zone. Um, Hornets went to zone, and it started to be a little crazy. Uh, shout What's out. Right? I am Skokes. What's up, man? He says, I'm not sorry for Knicks fans. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm right there with you, man. Uh Especially as much trash they were talking. Before
0: the they, I was going to yeah. say they, they they deserve more happiness than they've gotten, but they were talking some mad trash. Before mm-hmm. the yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a, lot trash. a
1: lot of trash. A lot of trash.
0: If I had had their season last season, I would have been talking trash, too. So I can't I can't say too much. That's true. That's true.
1: Um, But, yeah, no, I, I thought. I thought um the zone kind of once once they brought it out there, I think that, that I kinda messed up with messed the bulls up a little bit, the rhythm and things. But the thing they can't forget is like that game was like Vooch's like that That was his like, I'm 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 still I'm Vooch, back. guys. Right. Yep. You know, I'm I'm still Vooch. Like this this is what I can't do. Um and I think you said it too. You said uh it, it showed it, like you were able to see how important um Vooch is to this team, um, and it, it makes it makes complete sense to me that when Vooch is on, that this offense, like you said, looks devastating. Like, and, and when Zach and DeMar are doing their thing, it's still crazy. We'll but get to and, them, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, it, it's still crazy, but when you add that, that Vooch to that, I mean, there's not much you could do. I mean, for instance, tonight, again, I know we're trying to hold off on the nets, but for instance, tonight, I mean, Lonzo was getting great looks because you can't – you just – you have to pick your poison, you know, are are you going to double Zach? Are you going to double DeMar? What are you going to do with Vooch Pops? Are you going to leave Vooch? You know, like you got to pick your poison. And it it showed, they chose to have Lonzo be the guy that they'll live with and it ended up hurting them in in the end. Um, But that's, that's the crazy thing about it. And we've talked about it even before, you know, before the season, what this, this offense could be um, and how deadly it could be. Um, We both thought that this could be a top five offense um mm-hmm. and, and and you know it's funny because it is just all crazy because we didn't think the all, the defense was going to be the the strength of this team um we you know but it's it's crazy and i'm i'm happy to be you know surprised by that you know because yeah. if the defense is there and the offense ends up uh starting to show what it's been showing i mean you're seeing what can happen second in the east um potentially could be first so it, it it's it's uh it's been great man
0: yeah, so, which I'll give ourselves some credit. We thought the defense would be better than average. Mm-hmm. But I thought it'd be like ten to fifteen range. And as of as of this win, we are seventh in offense, seventh in defense, oh, fourth goodness. in overall net rating. And I think this offense. I mean, look at look at what we've had to deal with this season with the injuries and the COVID and Zach. Playing with one hand for the first month and a half, and yeah. it's just you know Kobe's out with COVID, Javante's out with COVID, Cruz has got this hamstring issue, and they kept they keep finding ways to win, and that's that's the mark of a great team. That's what has me so encouraged. Now the injuries suck, and I wish I think our offensive rating would be a lot better if Vooch wasn't out for a month or, or for you know a couple weeks with COVID, and you know he had a he had a really rough stretch, but um, you know as you said like they just they keep finding ways to win, and the guys on this team are serious-minded. They have the right attitude. They come in with the right mentality, and it's—I don't know—we can and we can get into individual players and kind of the, the vibes from the season. But they've been better on defense than we thought, and their offense has been good enough to get them this great—you know—sixteen and eight record. They're on—you know—that they're—they're winning two games every every one they lose. That's, that's a great way to go about your basketball season and, and get a high seed. Yeah, um, But I think there's room for improvement. I think yeah. our defense can be better than it is now. I think our offense can be better than it is now. And I know we've talked about this before, but I think, I think the trade deadline is going to be a key factor in kind of shoring up the rotation as we, you know, get, get to thinking about the playoffs. But the guys that are coming off the bench that are filling in for the people that have been out, they're contributing. You know, Torbjorn Jr. hasn't been in the rotation. He came in the last two games, gave him solid minutes. I mean, you know, he he missed a couple shots early on tonight, but he's given that effort. He's given those, getting those rebounds. He had that really nice shovel pass to Vooch for that open three. Whoa, yeah. that was that was a nice play in the first half. So, I know I'm not, I'm back on the Nets game, but yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Um, what? Yeah.
1: One of the cool things, um, you know, coming to the season, the bench was like, you know, you, you hope Kobe gets healthy and he you know, he can be that, that consistent, you know, scorer off the bench. You knew what Caruso was going to be, but OK, you didn't know much about uh, what Tony Bradley was going to be. You didn't know what you know, you you had some some, you know, um, aspirations for LSA to be a, a little bit more impactful than he's been. Um, and the fact, I think what's been, really been helping this bench is the fact that IO has really improved enough to where he can be in the rotation and be in uh, be another, uh, in that guard rotation of point of attack defenders. Um, and, and I think that's helped in the fact of where you don't, you don't have to necessarily depend on TBJ. Like now, like it's a luxury to bring TBJ off the bench. As well as Io, and it's 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 great to to see that. I think last season, after the season, I should say, a lot of the it was like okay, their biggest thing was development. You know, a lot of guys didn't develop. You know, Pat didn't get better as much as they thought he would. Kobe did da da da. But I think you're seeing uh, the best case case for me is Io. I mean, coming into this team and really showing that he can be a rotation guy. He can. I mean, tonight he had a big, big couple blocks, you know, and and stepping up, having a little bit more on his plate tonight against the Nets, and he really, you know, showed out. And um, it's just, a, it's just been great to see that, you know, especially Billy, that he empowers his players. Man, like, I O had some some rookie rookie mistakes early in the season, but like he's continued to stick out, stick with him, and I think it's been, you know, I think it's been great for his confidence, and we're reaping the benefits uh, of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so far. He's been a really great pick, and he's been exactly what we've needed off the bench. He's hitting those corner threes at a pretty decent clip. He, he's so quick. He he moves the ball pretty well. He gets out in transition. He's been you know pretty good defensively. Now he he's a rookie, so he's inconsistent in the execution sometimes, but the effort is there, and he's just he's so impactful on the game whenever he's in. in. Now, sometimes that can be impact for bad, and sometimes it can be for good. I feel like the good has always bad so far, um, but you're right. I mean, for him to come in and be a, you know, give you key minutes as a reserve on this type of team is really, really a credit to the front office and the coaching staff and Billy. I mean, Billy's just done as good a job as you can hope for at this point. I really have had very little, very little complaints about the rotations that he's been putting out there. Um, we we talked about DeRozan and bench unit before the season, and in the preseason it was like a little shaky. And we're like, well, maybe it'll be better with Zach because of the yeah. shooting. No, that bench unit comes in and just just bogs it down on defense. Just just slings mud on defense, and then <laughs> just and then they just cut and move, and they and then let DeRozan work in the in the in the mid post and in the mid range, and. DeMar DeRozan. We'll get to DeMar DeRozan a little bit later yeah, tonight, but yeah. holy yeah, crap, man! But that bench unit's been really effective, despite the lack of shooting, despite the lack of kind of dynamism um, in in a playmaking sense. But I.O. has contributed to that because he does have a little bit of playmaking juice. Um, he makes you know good decisions with the ball for the most part. You've got Troy Brown Jr., who can he's a good passer. He can get to the rim. Derek Jones, obviously, he can play you know as your five. Uh, so they've just, they've found little niches in, with the, within their own strengths that have managed to mesh well with the rest of the team. So they have found, they have kind of organically found their roles and Billy's put them in positions to maximize the skill sets that they do have to the team. So there are still weaknesses, right? Yeah. Like obviously the rebounding was an issue. The lack of bench shooting has been an issue. Um the lack of a really big forward that can guard guys like Kevin Durant, so you don't have Caruso Gardner, or Javante Green Garden, Julius Randle, like that's clearly not ideal. But the Bulls are still winning, yeah. Even with those weakness, even with clear weaknesses like that, they're they're still cobbling together these wins against quality teams.
1: Yeah, know I, I I think you're right on. The, <laughs> you're hitting it right on the uh, you know taking the hammer to the nail with a lot of these points that you're making, man. <laughs> but but uh, I think um, we should probably move on. Um, to the Knicks game. Um, and I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on that game as well.
0: Yeah, um, that that was a tough game um, being in New York, obviously. It's, it's tough to win in New York, and the Knicks clearly see a, ri- a rivalry, and, and you know they're going to get up for that game. Um, and they came off a really disappointing loss against the Nets where they were really mad about the officiating. So you yeah. knew they were going to be in it. And then you got Alex Caruso just, <laughs> just just, doing Alex Caruso things out there. Pissed off Taj Gibson enough to get him ejected, which I thought was a really – hes no way he should have been ejected for that. I don't care what he said. I, I thought that ref was way out of line. Hey, it's okay, though. I'm not going to interrupt. I do not interrupt my enemies when they're making mistakes. I'm just going to say <laughs> that. So uh, it, it benefited the Bulls, obviously, to have – Taj, not there. Um, And the Bulls, you know, had a really impressive first half. They came out with the right energy, and they gave themselves that buffer. They got up to 21 points. I think it was like 19, 18 or so at half. And the third quarter happened. (laughs) And we've we've known with third quarters this season, it's been a little hit and miss. Um, Sometimes coaches make adjustments. They'll come out. They'll kind of box up for a few minutes, and we'll go on this little you know lack of scoring droughts and uh, had one again. You know, I, I watched, I rewatched that third quarter, and I thought it wasn't anything egregious, but sometimes you can just feel that momentum shifting. And you know, they hit a shot, and you don't, and that happens twice in a row, or you, you go for a loose ball and you just barely miss it, and that leads to a fast break, and and that you know that can be six, eight, ten points right there. And that's, that's tough to come back from. It's tough to stop those runs, especially when you're on hostile ground. So I thought they did a good job of kind of stemming the bleeding in the third quarter. They, you know, because they got real close and they kind of eked out what it was like six or seven point lead at the end yeah. of the third. And the fourth quarter just, I mean, they got down and dirty and they gave DeMar and Zach the ball and the clutch. And I thought that game. Shouldn't have been as close as it was because Lonzo Ball had like five or six wide open corner yeah. threes in that game that he's been knocking down all year long. And he just missed him. Yeah. And he just missed him. And a lot of those times, you know, games will come down to those things. And that might cost you the game. But they found a way to win anyway. I th- I thought that game wasn't as close as the score indicated. I thought we actually I thought we outplayed the Knicks for the most part, except in that small spurt in the third quarter. But that was my thought on it. I've been talking for like 10 minutes now, so I'm gonna let you <laughs> gonna let you <laughs> tell me tell me about the Knicks here because I need some water.
1: <laughs> yeah, no man, um so for the Knicks game, I, I just really like <sighs> it's it's always great to see, you know, the team that you root for come out and absolutely, you know, let you know just put a, a smack down on the, on, on the, on the opponent. Um, but, you know, I just, I feel like it's happened a lot over the season where, you know, the team gets up and then they kind of lacks a little bit, allow a team to get back in. And then mm-hmm. now they created a, a you know, uh, a stressful situation for Billy and for themselves to like, okay, we, there's no way we can lose this game. It's going to be a bad look. Uh, and then on top of that, obviously we have come to find out we already knew Zach was a bucket and we already knew that DeMar in his past, you know, in his career, he's been a guy that could score the ball, but I feel like DeMar has been absolutely unreal. Um, and I think they were, they rely on it just a bit too much sometimes, right. They get into these, they they make themselves get into these situations. Um, and then they're like, okay, well, Damar, Zach, take us home, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have that. Um, But, you know, you you would just like to see them, you know, just keep a a team down, keep your foot on their necks um, and get out of there with a win, you know, and um, and not be so stressful. But that's what the Knicks game was to me. Um, Again, I thought, I thought you, you saw like a little bit of the weakness with the Bulls um, when, you know, you got, you know, Julius Randle um, is being guarded by and, and this is no shade towards Crusoe and Lonzo at all. I mean, they are the the engine to this defense. Um, and you know, this they get they get this team going. Uh, but you know, you just you you're looking for that's where you're missing Pat. That's where you're missing, you know, like you've yeah, you know, like you've brought up, like that big wing kind of four-ish um deal, because I mean you need some size. And there was, play, there were times in that against uh with, with Julius that he was just getting whatever he wanted because I mean, he's a big dude, man. He puts that shoulder down. It's not a lot of guys that can, that can stop that freight train when he's, when he's on. Um, yeah. And I I think again, like we we're, we're seeing it and, and by all means, nobody can guard Kevin Durant. Uh Like you, you, you can't, can't do anything about that at all. Uh, <laughs> so like, I'm not, I'm not expecting like, you know, even if Pat was here, like I wasn't, ex- you know, was healthy. I wouldn't expect him to like absolutely put the clamps on KD, but you would like to see a bigger body on KD to, to make him, because he got to his, his spots really easy. That's one thing you can do um, with Kevin Durant, like with PJ Tucker, that was his biggest thing was like, KD's going to get his buckets. KD's going to, but make his catches tougher, right? Make, make him have to, you know, soon as he turns around, I'm right here, right? A lot of times tonight where he catched the ball, there was somebody there. And DJJ's still trying to fight over a screen or something like that, and he's got an open look. Um, and I, I just feel like just bigger bodies, man, just bigger bodies for these bigger wings. Like, um, that's what the, the, the team is missing. And, um, I mean, it it's funny. It, it's ama- I got to be honest, man. It It is great to have this problem. Like, at first, right, and I, I, this sounds weird, but I, I'll explain. Like, coming into the season, like, you're like, man, you know, first round, you know, no play in, but like anything outside of that, like perfect. But like, I feel like you watch this team play, you watch what type of, uh, what what kind of makeup this team has. Um, now, okay. Your sights are a little bit higher. you you know, now you're saying, okay, well, we better be able to get out of the first round. Uh, I mean, like we're, we're, we're that good of a team. Okay. Now what do we need to add now to make ourselves even uh, better of a team and I think that's now what, how I'm looking at the games going forward. It's like, okay, what are we missing? And that, that's the recurring thing is that big wing, you know, that you can throw on Julius um, that you can throw on KD at t- just, just to give them different looks. Um, and, you know, um, I'm just honestly, man, I'm just happy, man. I, I as a bullish man, I'm happy for what, with what this team is building um, the direction they're going and um, you know, and and they're still not as good as they've played at times. They're still not where they're going to be. You know, Vooch just told us in the press conference after that that Hornets game that he was he's still trying to figure out, well, get comfortable with with his his role on this team and uh, where he's going to get his shots and and things like that. And um, that that's just not him. You know, I like tonight. You, uh, I don't know if you saw Chris, but tonight. um they, uh, Billy was trying to set up, you know, uh, DeMar and Zach pick and roll to get a bucket. And you could see that they're, it, like at games, it's smooth, right? It, it works. But tonight, like Zach was popping in a direction that DeMar was trying to go. So they ran into each other a bit. I mean, they end up, Zach ended up making a three. But anyway, but like, it, it's just, it, it's just like that kind of, it, it's kind of rough a little bit at times that is going to be better because now Zach's going to know when I'm on the right wing, DeMar likes to go this way. Four on the right wing, DeMar likes to go this way. So they're still, they're still working on things and they're going to get better. Um, and that's the, that's the, the cool thing about this, man. I is going to continue to get better TBJ, If he get continues to get continue, uh, consistent minutes, he's going to get more comfortable and get back in rhythm. Like a lot of these guys are going to get better because when you have guys like when you have those three and Vooch and DeMar and Zach, I mean, you have your, your safety net in terms of, okay, those guys can take us home. But now like, that gives you – gives guys like Io and the rest of the guys leeway to just focus on getting better in their roles um, and not have to overextend. And, and obviously Caruso and Alonzo uh, have to overextend a bit on the defensive end. Um, but it, it's been – it's been great, man. And, again, I've been talking for a long time. So is there anything else you want to touch on in this game? Um, well,
0: I, I like what you said about guarding – guys like kevin durant which is they're gonna get their points and kevin durant can shoot over anybody anyway but make him shoot from a place he doesn't normally shoot right don't let him get to his spots or if he's gonna get to his spot make him uncomfortable be right in his grill make the catch harder yeah that kind of stuff you saw actually you saw that adjustment with julius randall they were doubling him the mm-hmm. first game the first new york game but they were doubling him basically right as he caught the ball trying yeah. to get out of his hands and what they did this last game is they waited. They didn't double him right away. They waited until he started to make his move. Yeah. And then they show, then they bring Lonzo or they bring Caruso over there or whoever wasn't, you know, Javon, whoever, whoever wasn't guarding him, they'd bring that other guy over there right as he was about to make his move to force him into, you know, to speed him up a little bit, yeah. just kind of get him a little bit uncomfortable and give him a different look in it. You know, I think Billy talked about it uh, in the press conference, but. I thought it was more effective, right? It just – sometimes it's that – it's it's not easy, but sometimes it's that simple of an adjustment where the timing of your doubling is is different just because it's going to – the purpose of your defense is to make the offensive player uncomfortable Mm -hmm. as possible, right? So if they can get uncomfortable passing the ball or driving the ball or putting them in spots where they're shooting – they're not shooting the way they normally do because so much of basketball and shooting is rhythm, yeah, and confidence. And you know, Stacey King says confidence thirty thousand times a game, but it's <laughs> true. It's true. Like the the confidence and that familiarity, that that kind of muscle memory, yeah, that's where that that confidence comes from. And so, the more you can put someone in a position where they're not comfortable, where they haven't, they don't have thousands of reps at that particular spot or shooting in that particular way or at that particular speed those are the little little minuscule victories that win you the game yeah they add up they add up and i know you know this as a coach and i know i'm preaching to the choir here but sometimes when you when you get into this level of competition where all these guys are buckets like all these guys are really freaking good yeah and especially when you get into the playoffs when you play them you know four to seven times you get to know those little idiosyncrasies and that's how you can win is you, you really delve into that. And I think that's why guys like Caruso and Lonza are so good yeah at, at their job. And so I, th- I thought you saw it play out in the next game pretty well, that little adjustment that, that worked. And with Kevin Durant, the first half I thought, you know, they did a better job of kind of just being all over him, just making him uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So with the Knicks, obviously uh, one, one more thing about the Knicks was they didn't yeah. have RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. So their point of attack defense, you know, the, the list of point attack defenders on the team was like zero. Um, you know, they they had Alec Burks, probably the best the best guy at that on the team. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so as I said, I, I thought that game was not as close as the score indicated, but it, yeah. it, it was – a continuing theme of that third quarter or that, you know, not being able to play with a lead very well. Now they're, they're pulling it out, but something to improve upon as they get more, more comfortable, more familiar with each other that they can kind of, I would love, I would love to see Billy Donovan at halftime, just go in the locker room and say, all right, guys, we're up 20. I want you to crush their spirit. I want you to come out on a 10 0 run. I want you to get this to 30. In like five minutes. Yeah. And I want you to blow them. I just, I want you to destroy these guys. Like, don't, don't think we're up 20. We're going to be fine. We can, you know, we can start getting a little fancy with these shots and these passes and start showboating to our bench. None of that. Just crush them. Just be kawaii terminators on the court. <laughs> No mo- Just crush their spirit. Like, I would love to see that from the Bulls. And I don't know if maybe Billy said something like that, but right, right, right. I would love, I would love to see something like that. Uh, from them so um before we get in the last game we we did get a couple questions here oh, yeah. uh so the first one was from oh skokes yeah yes why is matt thomas still <laughs> on the roster wouldn't you rather have james ennis i would personally i don't know what the deal is uh, maybe ennis didn't want this role but he seemed like he, on twitter he was saying like sign me i can play right. defense i can shoot so it doesn't sound like that's the case. I don't. I don't know because Matt Thomas is supposed to be his his elite skill is shooting, and I have not seen any of it yet. I just mm-hmm. in, in his limited minutes, which is probably, you know, granted they've been pretty much garbage time every time, but I have not been I have not been enthused about it. I don't know. Did you, how do you feel about that one?
1: Yeah, no, I would definitely rather have James Ennis. I think even when they signed him, I was not with it. I I, I didn't. I I would rather have had Stanley Johnson. If the guy, if the like yeah. like Duncan, like I bring up Duncan because that's pretty much his best skill is shooting. Um, and but the the thing about Duncan is the dude has a size too. He's got a gangly long arm, so you can throw him on guys. I mean, and just tell him, hey, try your best to use right. your length. Um, you know, so he he doesn't hurt you as much as a Matt Thomas because Matt Thomas really on the defensive end is just a, a complete. You know, you can't do much, you know, uh, with him at all. And if he's not an uh, an elite knockdown shooter, uh, good enough to get minutes because you need it. You know, I mean, this team is needs three point attempts. You need shooters on the floor and he can't get on the floor. So, I mean, there's there's, you know, that's a waste of a spot for to me. Um, Like, for instance, like Stanley Johnson would have been perfect, perfect guy to be able to throw at KD and allow Crusoe to be on somebody else tonight. Um, And, you know, uh, that, that, that was my whole deal. And I understood, like. Yeah, you, you know, you got Stanley, you got DJJ, it's kind of the same deal. But I would rather have a, a lot of that than a guy just sitting on the bench because he can't add anything else except for shooting. And then when he does get out there, he doesn't really knock down the shots anyway. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's and that's yeah. tough. And so, you know, to be completely fair to Matt Thomas, like I'm sure he's a great player. I'm sure he is a good shooter. And I'm sure that there's a good reason that, that he's on the roster right now. And it, it sucks when you're a shooter, and especially – you know, when you're a shooter, you need volume, you need minutes, you need opportunity. Sometimes you're going to go 0 for seven to start, and then finish a game, you know, eight to 15. Right? Like that's going to happen. And and when you're playing limited minutes, and you're cold until you know you're you're just sitting on the bench for three and a half quarters, and then they throw you in in garbage time, it's tougher to it's tougher to just get up there and knock down shots when you're when you're you've been cold for an hour and a half. So I do you know I do want to you know, give some leeway there. But you're right. I think this just the particular skill set that this team needs is not what Matt Thomas is bringing right now. So it's nothing against him. It's just I think Stanley Johnson's size and defensive versatility is definitely more needed right now than um, having Matt Thomas off the bench if he were if he were shooting well anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if he was shooting like his normal numbers, I I still think someone like Stanley Johnson would would be more effective in that role. So I don't know, but um We'll see. Let, let's talk about this. This one, Grocery Getters asks, "What is Pat Will's ceiling?" So this is funny because we talked about, hey, like this is where Pat will, will really be effective. But would he like? I know we think ideally, the the role we have in our head for Pat Williams and the talents that he has shown, you know, with hopefully with growing consistency, but still very sporadic. He's he's an amazing player in in that ideal role. But has he produced enough to, to justify that kind of you know that thought process? And do we think he can get there? Do we think he can become the Pat Williams that we kind of hope we're gonna see out of him in the next couple of years?
1: Um man, you know me man. Pat Pat's my dude man. Um but
0: that's why I asked you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but it's tough like like you just said about Matt Thomas like you got to give him some leeway because at the same time, like you, who knows, man, being able to have a full season with a guy like DeMar DeRozan, um, you know, being able to find his role with this team, you never know. Because um, I kind of felt like games leading up to that, to when he was injured and against the Knicks, I felt like he was starting to play a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you saw flashes of like, okay, it seems like he understands where um, he needs to be, you know, good at, you know, like on defensively. We need you to be able to be that 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 secondary rim protector to protect the rim, uh, being a switchable big a, a big wing, and that's what he does well. Um, I, I, well, in terms of being able to understand when to switch, you know, and I, I think I would have loved to see. I I think honestly, if I'm being honest, no doubt, you know, Patrick Williams the four. I I think with more time, if this team was like a rebuilding uh organization I, give him all the reps I think he would get better at that and over time I think yeah. he will get better but I think where he would have been really 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 helpful is that small ball five I, I think I think Pat that was something to be you know to, I, I just love what I saw from him in, a, in those small ball five minutes Um and you know he was another guy that you can you know, you can have him at the pinch post or a short roll, and he usually, he usually makes some pretty good decisions. And he's another guy that I think can knock down that 15-footer, 16-foot jump shot. I mean, we all know that, that that's his that's his shot. Um, and I think that that's one of the things. Like, when you start playing with guys um, like like a DeMar DeRozan and a Zach Levine, and, and you know, we got Lonzo on the wing that's a th- knockdown three-point shooter, Vooch, uh, you know, like, you're going to get th- those shots. You're going to be able to – like, teams are going to have to say – Who knows? Maybe teams would be like, okay, we're gonna leave Pat open and instead of Alonzo, you know, like because you gotta choose your poison. But like if it's in the corner, we all know Pat loves that corner three. So I mean, it's just it's just like you just don't know. You know, you obviously, like you said, theoretically, you know, he's the guy, but he's been inconsistent, um, aggressiveness, um, and just you know, just just playing well on the defensive end. I felt, I felt, um, you know, I, I think Chris Herring, I was listening to Chris Herring. On Zach Lowe's pod, I want to say it was like at the end of last season, um and he was saying that. Uh, oh, Chris Heron asked him between Isaac Okoro and Patrick Williams, who do you think will be be the better player if you had to say right now? And I think he said exactly what I feel. um That I've I've, I've changed a bit of how I felt about Pat, um but like I think Chris Heron said that he thinks Isaac Okoro defensively. He buys him long term. Mm-hmm. Offensively long term, he buys Pat because he thinks that he he sees things in Pat's game um, that gives you that. And and I, I gotta be honest, when I saw those summer league reps, um, I you can see it. You can see where Pat yes. can get his money. You can see where if he gets the the consistent touches, that that's where he would get his money his buckets. Like there were times in the summer league where you oh, come on, Pat, take that shot. But when he got into certain areas, like Pat was, he wasn't looking to pass the ball, and that—that's what you wanted to see. Uh, but obviously, when you're playing with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, um, and Vooch, you're not going to get that many touches. The hierarchy, it, you know, right? You're kind of, you kind of down. So.
0: Yep. Yeah. So it's interesting because he reminds me. This is going to be a weird comparison, but he reminds me a lot of Wendell Carter Jr. in the sense that you can see the talent at a, in a lot of different areas, right? He's not bad at anything, any one thing. Like he's, he's like, he's, he's a decent, he's a decent shooter. He can get to the mid range. He, you know, could finish at, at the bucket. Like he's got decent footwork. You can, you can see him as a small ball five. You can see him in the post. The difference between Wendell Carter, obviously offensively is the creation ability and, you saw in that summer league when he was given the ball and told to create. Now he had lots of turnovers because he was trying stuff and he was, you know, it was new for him, but I agree with you that if he were on a rebuilding team where he was the guy and was given those reps, I think by year two or three, he would be a really, really good player. I think we'd be talking about him. Like we talk about Jason Tatum um, or, you know, that kind of like caliber of player where, you could see that that creation ability growing, and with his size and his physique and his skill set, I, I mean, sky's the limit for him. He does. There's nothing that about him that that screams to me, uh, as far as his skill set and his physical attributes, that he can't do it. That he yeah. can't be an all star. That he can't be a superstar. So here's here's the, the the comment that also is a comparison to Wendell Carter Jr. So Grocery Gator says he doesn't seem assertive enough on the offensive end too many games where he ends up single shot attempts. So part of that may be, as you mentioned, the the offensive hierarchy where he's not getting a lot of those reps, but you have to, you do have to admit that sometimes the aggressiveness comes and goes and doesn't always seem consistent. And that was the way it was with Wendell. That was, I thought the, the one, the one valid criticism of Wendell last year was, um, his kind of lack of assertiveness or aggressiveness or lack of confidence, maybe in his own abilities. Do you, do you see that as a hindrance to Patrick Williams? Like can he have the personality that he has and still reach his potential as a basketball player?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, I played, played and I've coached a bunch of players that don't have that. Give me the ball every second of the game mentality, but still would give you 20, and 20-plus, 10 rebounds and some assists. Like, I I, I think that's a little bit overblown. Like, obviously, as much crap as Wendell is taking it from Chicago, go take a look at what he's doing in Orlando. You know, it's – I think that's, you know, the the mentality thing to me is overblown. Uh, I think with Pat is he's just turned 20, and he's two years from – well, now he's a little bit more – but he, last season, he was two years from being in high school where he was a point guard and he was getting guys the ball. Then he goes to Florida State. He comes off the bench. They don't need a lot of offense from him. They just need him to be a, a switchable big wing, grab rebounds, block shots. And then you come to the NBA and then they're like, hey, brother, you got the skill. Here's the ball. Uh, that's a tough adjustment, man. It, it, it's a tough adjustment. Um, and it, yes, you know, it's it's very for some people is probably annoying because you want to you just want somebody picked that high to just take off. You know, you look at Anthony uh, Anthony Edwards and Mello. and they're looking at those guys and like, well, why can't Pat be that? And it's like total, two totally different two totally different players, two totally different situations. Um, and I just feel like with Pat, with Pat, like it's it's tough. He went last season where he's like. You, know, you got Thad in here, you got Zach in here, you got the whole organization in here. Hey, take your shots, man. Be aggressive. Going into summer league gets all the shots, all the reps. To now getting into the season, all right, Pat, go be you know, go sit in the corner, and you may get a shot tonight. You may get five shots, you may get ten shots. Who knows? Just be ready. You know, and it's like that's tough, man. That, that that's tough. Yeah. You know, it's really tough. So it, it's it, you know, it's something that you got to think about, man. It's it's, it's never. You know, and and Scopes brings up Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes. But, like, I mean, look at the reps Scotty is getting. You know, when we played against the, the, the Raptors, look how many times he was touching the ball and how many sets yeah. were called for him, how many times he was setting up guys. Like, they, you know, it, it's it's a different situation, man. You know, who knows yeah. how, you know, it's just, yeah.
0: And that's always tough because it, it's never a one-to-one thing right now scotty barnes and patrick williams obviously both came from florida state and have Mm -hmm. similar skill sets in the sense that they are you know uh, have creation ability as a kind of big wing forward guy but as you mentioned the toronto raptors are in a different situation this year and he is kind of playing in some sense their vooch role Mm -hmm. where he's he's in that high post and he's he has the ball in his hands a lot he's moving it he's you know, kind of like how they, what they had the Bulls had Wendell doing last year a little bit at the beginning of the yeah. season, and and Vooch and Patrick Williams is, you know, as you mentioned, hey, go stand in the corner, maybe you'll get shots. Like not having guaranteed, guaranteed offense or creation assigned to you or expected of you, is going to be difficult on your development. It's going to slow that down. It's going to change the trajectory of your development for sure. Yeah. So I think you know, like if if you ask me. If you wanted Patrick Williams to be the best player he could be in the next three years, are the bulls the right situation for him? I would tell you, no, no, no way. I'd put him in Detroit or Houston or the Spurs, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd I'd put him somewhere where maybe even not where they're like bottoming out, but where he would have clear hierarchy in the offense and he'd be, you know, one of the top two guys expected to create buckets. Um, Yeah or opportunities for others. So he's not going to have that here. And clearly he's out for the season and that sucks for his development. He's going to, he's going to take longer now. Uh, There's there's just no, there's no doubt about it. But I think I agree with you with the, the mentality thing. I thought it was overblown with, with Wendell. I think it is not as big an issue as is being said here with, with Patrick. No, I mean, obviously you want him to be aggressive, but you can, you can be, you don't have to have an aggressive – you don't have to be aggressive in your – I don't know how to say this correctly, but you don't have to be an aggressive person to be aggressive on the basketball court Yeah. and vice versa. Um, So he can be chill and relaxed and still be able to dominate in a basketball setting. I think it's just going to be a matter of reps and opportunity for him. Yeah. And I don't know if he's going to get that in the next little bit. But we also yeah. don't need him to be that. We don't yeah, exactly. need him – to be that guy because we got Demar and Zach and Vooch and Caruso and and Lonzo. Like we got a lot of guys who, you know, have creation and Kobe. Right, like all these yeah. guys already. Yeah. Um, but I do think he's the X factor down the line. I think he's going to be really important to the franchise yeah. around the time where his rookie deal comes up. Uh, you know, for an extension, I think it's going to be a really important time for him and for the team. Um, but I I do think in general you're right, fans we always want it now. We like, we want to see that leap. We want to see linear, a linear improvement trajectory. And that's rarely what happens with, with, uh, with these young men. So patience, patience is always the key and situation is always important. And right now, Patrick Williams doesn't have the right situation is obviously injured for the whole year. And um, yeah, we're just gonna have to be more patient with it, but I don't, I'm not that worried about it. I, I still believe I believe in his potential. I think whether it's here or somewhere else, he's going to be a really, really good player. So that leads to my next question. Well, not my question, but Juice Man mm-hmm. says, all right, so if we want to take this team to the next level, who can we add and what's the price, right? Because if a, if a deal came up where you could ship a Patrick Williams out for an immediate upgrade, at that position or some other position of need would you do that and like what kind of targets would you even be thinking about at at that kind of price point because that's that's tough because that one hurts me to even ask
1: yeah uh as someone that is a huge pack guy someone that wanted to take a a a flight up to new york and find mitch robinson myself (laughs) um (laughs) when you when you see when when you see this team and you see the the um, potential offensively, um, in terms of, I think they could be even better. Um, and um, defensively, you see where they're at. <laughs> I mean, Pat might be expendable, expendable a bit because you look at Demar. Was he thirty two? Thirty two, I think. Yes, yes. Zach is t- just turned twenty six, I believe. Yep. Um, so it's like. It's probably the time to capitalize on what you have. So, if you really think, if you're AK and you're in me and you really, really think, you bring Billy and all the coaching staff into a meeting, you say, hey guys, do you think if we add an Aaron Gordon or if we add a Brandon Clark or a Pascal Siakam, is that going to be enough to get us a title contention? And if they tell you yes, they, you know, um, as much as that would hurt my soul, it probably has to be, it has to get done. Um, it, it, I think uh, Mark K brought it up, you know, on on Twitter. Shout out Mark Kanzoles. I think he made a great uh, point on his, t- uh, t- uh, um, when he tweeted. Um,
0: a rare occasion, up, obviously. rare occasion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, when the Nuggets were ready to compete, they went out and got Aaron Gordon. They went out and added that, that secondary rim protector.
0: Um, and they look got, good. yeah. <laughs> It looked uh, real good.
1: You gotta capitalize, man. When when you yeah. when you feel like you have something that can be big, you gotta add that last piece. You just you just have to. So if that means you know, shipping out whatever the combination would be, Pat, Kobe, T B J to get a guy that can come in and be that 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 starter to come in here um and and really take the team to the next level. I mean you have to do it. I, I think the, yeah. the Bulls have shown you enough. Early to be like okay if we, if we can get something to add in we got to do it, so yeah. Um, and the price thing, I don't know, you know that that's tough.
0: That's yeah. tough. Hey, hey, we you know we're, we're only out a second rounder from the tampering investigation, <laughs> which I was thrilled. I we haven't talked about it, so yeah, I was thrilled with. I was like, you guys, you guys huffed and puffed for like three months about mm-hmm. how big this this uh, this penalty was going to be, and then you're like, oh well. Uh, we didn't really find much, so just throw us a second rounder and we'll call it a day. <laughs> All right, <laughs> sounds good. I, I wondered, can we just buy the 60th pick in the next draft for like you know two million dollars and then ship that to the league and be like, hey, we'll take a two million dollar fine, congratulations, just so we don't have to like screw over somebody, somebody's draft, you know, dream? Yeah, because it seems really dumb to me. I would rather just have, a, like, hey, just charge. Jerry Reinsworth 10 million dollars. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, but don't take away the second round pick. Man. Anyways, yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, but Portland right now is right around that 15th, <laughs> 15, 16 slot, right outside the lottery where it's protected. Um, I would say if you can trade that pick and one of uh, you know, Pat. Probound Junior, whatever the you know, Pat will probably have to be because he makes like seven, eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. Derek Jones Junior makes nine and a half, almost ten. So those are kind of your your decent trade chips. But you, yeah. if you can put together some combination of two guys, and at first you get you can get someone back like Jeremy Grant or um, let's go get Larry Harrison Nance. Barnes. Yeah. Harrison, but yeah, I was gonna say. Go I, get I, I Larry I told you, he has been trade Derek Jones Jr. and a first-round pick back for Larry Nance at the day, at the deadline, and then we basically uh, got the same deal, but added a second-round pick. So, I mean, I'm just saying, it could happen. And Larry Nance is doing pretty nice, and he looks like a decent four. I mean,
1: look at what he did against us, man he He was a catalyst to that comeback win. Yes, he like, was. Uh, <laughs>
0: come yeah, on, good no question. Come,
1: come hang out with us, brother.
0: No question. No, I would love to have. I, I, I would love to have him in the, in the first place. Um, but uh, so far, every time I've come up with a plan, I feel like it's a good plan. And Ak <laughs> like Ak outdoes me. Ak outdoes me. Rashawn Holmes, uh, mm, King I, TMC. I, I love was, Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. I don't know if you can do because he's a good enough player where you'd have to start him. Yeah. But I don't think you can play him and Boots together. I really think it's like. You gotta find a guy who's like a three-four high, like someone who's like six eight and athletic, like not yeah. a center, like not a Daniel Tice type of guy. Yeah. You gotta get a, a guy who's like, anyways, um, Skokes, let's see. I also
1: don't think the Kings would want to get rid of him. I think they think they like him a lot.
0: They like him a lot. Although here's here's the other part of that that's an issue is with the play in tournament and especially the East, the East has like 12 teams that think <laughs> they're in going to make the play in or 13 teams are going to make like, it's basically Orlando and Detroit that are like, we're good. We're good. We're taking these lottery picks. We'll see you guys next year. The Cavs are over 500. The wizards are over 500. Um, The Hornets were last time I checked. um, I think in the 11th spot right now is the New York Knicks at 11 and 12. They're 11th right now. And and then the Raptors are like 10 and 14, I think, or 10 and 13 or whatever. Yeah, they're not far behind. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of sellers this season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But Mm -hmm. you look at a team and the West is a lot weaker than it was. I mean, you got Utah, Suns and the Jazz. I'm sorry, the Jazz, the Suns and the Warriors and everyone else looks kind of meh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be. I think we're gonna get someone from out west. So I would love to get. I mean, I would love to have Harrison Barnes because he's he makes around twenty million dollars. We could cobble something together. Yep. We can make it worth. They could be like, hey, you know what? Patrick Williams is is a guy we think we can, you know, build around for the future with Fox and Halliburton. I mean, that would be his – I would watch that team. Yeah, I would watch that team. Those three with with Rashawn Holmes. Yes, sir. Um, Dude, Harrison Barnes would be man he be i think he'd be ideal is he going to push you over the top though
1: i i think he has potential to do that i think um i think he's another guy you could throw the ball to uh, late in the shot clock and he can get you a bucket you know and he's another guy defensively you can switch up you know switch um guard big wings he rebounds well um, he has that championship um uh, experience with the Warriors, so you know, I think he'd be a
0: great, yeah, a great guy to have on this team. <laughs> so have you have you heard of this guy here? Spook Long is uh, Benjamin Simmons. You ever heard of this guy? Oh yeah, he wants out. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't see anything that the, that the Bulls could offer that Philly would be interested in, other than Zach Lavine, which obviously is not going to happen.
1: I low key don't think they want to get rid of Ben Simmons. I, I think I think they're making it that hard um, to 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 trade them because they don't truly want to get rid of them. I think they're that close. I think, I think they really think, or at least Maury, I don't know about doc, but uh, I think Maury really feels like, you know, either you give me a superstar or an all-star or we're keeping them. Yeah. You know? So, and Ben, like I said, I think i talked about it on here uh, multiple times. I love Ben. I love him as a player. Some people may hate him. Uh, I guess I get that side of things. But the, the biggest thing for me is I'm glad that he's finally taking care of that mental thing, because I have talked to you before. I know someone that used to play basketball with his dad and he has talked about, you know, been having, um, depression and, um, um, anxiety, you know? So it makes sense that it makes a lot of sense that in these big games where he kind of crumbles a bit, you know, I think, I think it makes total sense. So, um, I just hope that he can—he really works on himself and doesn't care what anybody says. Like, just turn off Twitter, you know. Forget about what people are tweeting about, what people are saying about him. Um, just yeah. really work on your mental man, because that is not—that's <laughs> not something to you know, make fun of. That—that stuff really messes with you. So,
0: take care of himself I mean,
1: he's—he's
0: he, he's human, he's human first. Yeah, yeah, I obviously wish him the best, and and I did, you know. I think Spook. Was 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 being sarcastic about trying to get Ben because I don't think that's really a viable target for us anymore. But I would love Ben Simmons Mm -hmm. as our starting four. (laughs) Come on, man! Can you imagine? Can can you imagine? You got Ben Simmons, Alex Caruso, and and um, and Lonzo Ball as your defensive stalwarts. Like no, every ball handler that gets on the court, like you know what? You know what? I'm feeling a little under the weather tonight. I don't think I'm going to go. That's crazy to think about, Chris.
1: Booch would have the easiest job he's ever had if you had Ben Simmons, Lonzo and Caruso?
0: They'd oh, come never they never get to the rim. Never. they never get to the rim. Booch
1: would literally love his life. Like, oh my I think, goodness. I think he's
0: pretty happy as as, as it is. Oh yeah, no. We, yeah, you know. They have like, a great time. But season.
1: seeing that guy that that 6'10 Aussie, that that can really just take take the best player out of the game? I mean, come on. That, that's Yes,
0: sir. Yeah. Whew. Um Let's see. Yeah, grocery getters, go get Larry. <laughs> Dang, yeah. Hey, you know what? I was gonna say. Uh, first of all, December fifteenth, which is eleven days from now, yeah. that is when a lot of people who sign their contracts in the off season, when they can, are eligible to be traded again. So I think we're gonna start hearing rumors from mid-December until the trade deadline in February. Um, but I've said many times. And I will say it again because I love this man. But the trade deadline will be the one-year anniversary of when we traded Wendell Carter Jr. to the Magic. And if you want to talk about the type of player that this team could use, the exact thing we could use, a switchable defensive four slash small ball five that can shoot, that can pass, that has a little creation. Did you see he took that little step back the other day against Jokic? Man, I'm happy for my guy, happy for my guy Wendell. But Wendell on this team as like our backup four or even starting four with which of um of that would be fun. I think it'd be fun. I know it's never happened. I'm just, I'm just I'm living in a pipe dream here, and I know both fans are gonna like immediately send me hate mail for, for saying that. <laughs> but but Wendell is having a great great season, and he's uh that type of archetype, you know, like a four or five. He's playing. He's playing a lot more. He's playing like seventy percent as a power forward this season, and yeah. doing really well. Doing really well next to Bamba, so that would be fun. But who's who's another realistic candidate that we can that we can actually talk about here?
1: Can we, just real quick on the Wendell front, right? I think you're finally, or if people are actually watching Magic games, which who knows, maybe they're not. Maybe they're just looking at the highlights of Wendell, but like you're seeing. When Wendell doesn't have to worry about helping all the other four or three guys out there on the defensive side of the ball, he can actually play defense on his primary uh, position uh, and actually do well. Instead of help Kobe, help Zach, and then oh shoot, I gotta hurry up and get back to Embiid. Oh shoot, I gotta hurry up, hurry up and get back to whoever it is that's that's the star five in that game. Like if you allow him to play his primary role. And maybe sometimes I have to help off. That help that happens in basketball, but for the most part, being able to be in his primary position on help, primary position when his guy has the ball. I mean, anyway.
0: But yeah, what yeah, I got you. Well, anyways, I want to say grocery getters. I knew you were kidding, bud. I knew I was just messing around. But um, with with uh, with Lowry. Oh, for Marcus, we cannot get Thad back. Uh, mm-hmm. We cannot we cannot trade for him The only way that we could get him Is if he got waived Traded and waived And then we picked him up Like no one else claimed him off waivers I think that's the only way we can get Thad Young back But man mm-hmm. Thad Young would be killer mm-hmm. Thad Young would be so much fun on this team The can man is not if playing that was the
1: guy? If that was the guy oh. that came back I mean, oh. That we sent
0: instead of Lowry Yeah you Put your money on the championship this season baby <laughs> but, no, but will be he he's but he he is very like Wendell in the sense that he's you know play that high post, he can defend those big wings, and I mean that's the type of player we need. So um Brandon Clark was another one you mentioned. I want to see what, what you thought about Brandon Clark, because he at least until recently was out of the rotation for for Memphis and he's he's kind of in that mold too, and he's making He's making less than five million, which is that trade exception we might be able to use to bring someone like that in.
1: Yeah, no, uh, Brandon Clark. Um, let me tell you, if if they, if they don't want that brother, he can go over here and come on over here. And um, right. if, one of the things that I like about Brandon, um, and I'm sure you do as well, because I think you were one of the first people to bring up Brandon Clark as a realistic option, um, is that defensively switchable very springy bouncy athlete um shot blocker offensively he can give you everything djj gives you uh djj might be a slightly better shooter maybe uh but in terms of three-point shooting uh but and, and, and who knows Yeah i mean djj made a couple tonight so you know whatever uh, hey but, man <laughs> yeah
0: he he made two i think uh, yeah i remember
1: yeah um but yeah, no man. I mean, he is exactly what you you want. I mean, the dude is another lob threat, good sc- screener. But defensively, um, he that that's why I would love him the most um, because you can, you know, you can have him play the big wing, you know, the four, you know, against against like KD's real world and, and like that. He's he's what you would like. Cheap option, super and uber athletic. Um, and I mean, just a, 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 lob threat on the offensive end as well, you know? So, and that, that's what this team would like. I would like to see more of actually. I mean, I know they've been doing a a bit more, but I mean, using DJJ as a lob threat on the cut, you know, y- using Zach more off balls, a lob threat, like just get, let's, let's start, the, you know, attacking teams differently, you know, but, um, yeah, no, man, I, I love Brandon. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, Eric. Hoagland brings up a good point. So with the Gafford trade, uh, he says he misses Gafford a little bit more than than Carter um, for that kind of role that, that he's looking for. Rim running, defensive athletic, big would be great depth. I mean, so Brandon Clark kind of fits that springy, you know, can dunk. I, I think with with Gafford, I think he's in a great role right now with um, with the Wizards for what they need him to do. I do. I will say with Gafford, the struggles that he had here were number one, rebounding the ball. Uh, he's he. He was he's springy enough to get offensive rebounds, but I think the problem was uh, his positioning on defense was kind of suspect. Boxing out now, he's gotten a little bit better in, in Washington. Um, but also, you know, I think the Bulls tried to have him handle the ball and pass in that high post a little bit too much for his skill set. Not he, he'll get better at it in time, but I think he was just kind of out of his depth a little bit, and so was Wendell at the beginning of the year. Um, but I mean, I would. Yeah, Gafford would be a lot of fun to have on this team, I think. Um, but you know, Tony Bradley, I think he's not as springy as Gafford, but I do think Tony Bradley, in his limited minutes as a center, has been has been pretty effective defensively. I think he's been really solid. Um, but yeah, Gafford would obviously be fun with the the fast breaks, the dunking. Um, I think that what hurts on that one is is more the fact that Troy Brown Jr. hasn't really been in the rotation as much. And doesn't at least right now doesn't seem like a a piece that they're looking to retain going forward. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with that. But I agree. Like uh, Gafford, Gafford was fun. Gafford and Wendell. I think I'm really happy that both of them are thriving in their new situations because I don't think either of them were used um, as effectively as they should have been here or placed in positions to succeed. But I mean, Gafford just got paid. Wendell just got paid. So I'm happy for those guys. And uh, I, I, you know, obviously wish them. Continue success unless it's against the Bulls. Um, oh, one more. So Kevin Love, that one's a little tougher. If he does get bought out, I, my only worry with him is, well, defensively, I, I worry about him playing next to Vooch mm-hmm. in lineups, um, or if oh you're playing gosh. with, or if you're playing with him as if the five with the Mar as the four, I worry about that defensively too. So. I feel like my focus has been more on a defensive-minded kind of four or five. I mean, no, there's no doubt that Kevin Love would would help with our bench shooting. Um, I don't think I don't. I'm not sure if Kevin Love even thinks he's like a starting quality, you know, uh, four for a playoff championship caliber contender type team anymore. But you know, hey, Lamarcus Alders is making like. 80% of his mid range shots. So you never know. I mean, in the right <laughs> role, you can, you can find success. So I'm not, I'm not out on the idea. I think he presents some different problems. Um, that you'd have to kind of work around and see how it would fit. But if he becomes available, I think, you know, definitely a, a call you would make just to see if you, you know, if that could be something you'd, you'd want to change or something you want to pursue. Sorry. Uh, Tristan Thompson, Skokes mentions Tristan Thompson. I um, he is a really good rebounder. Uh, he's obviously a lot older now. I do worry a little bit about him being able to defend guys like LeBron and KD, and like I, I don't know if he'd fulfill that role quite as well as as some of the other people we talked about. But uh, here's another one: Covington, Robert Covington. I mean, they paid two first rounders to get him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna do. Yeah, give him their first back and get Covington. Uh, how, we get, how can we get Covington? How can we get Covington and Nance? That's my question.
1: <laughs> uh, honestly, that would
0: be that would be really fun. I mean, talk about adding some uh you know, Coven's gonna be that three and D guy and and Larry Nance, man. Like Larry Nance, ugh. I'm already on my way to the trade machine. You keep talking, I'm on my way. L- Larry Nance has
1: been like like wow, man. I, I think at my job I had I was at work one day, and one of my coworkers was like, uh, I was kind of down. I'm like, I shouldn't say down, but I thought that when we had that deal solidified with Portland, I'm like, oh my, I mean, with Cleveland, we're getting Larry Nance. You know what I mean? Like, Larry Nance is coming to Chicago. It's going to be a seamless fit. Um, and then I saw it was DJ Jay. I'm like, I mean, okay. All right. I could see what they, what they think, but I would much rather have had Larry Nance. And my coworker was like, "Oh, you don't know ball, you know? You don't know ball. Like, Derek Jones Jr. is way better than Larry Nance. He dunks better." And I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> like, I don't know, but like, I, I, I would have, I would have loved um, to have Larry Nance, man, because I don't think if if you had Larry Nance, I don't know if you would have a clear weakness uh, right now. I think, I think you would have about what you need." Um, going forward, obviously you rat add on the margins, um, but I think you'd be pretty in a pretty nice situation. I mean, you got your four that can stretch the floor and rebound, and you know, get in passing lanes and start turning. Like he, he just would have been a seamless, seamless fit. Uh,
0: let's see. Tony Bradley can't be traded until December fifteenth. That's fine. Trailblazers cannot reacquire Derrick Jones this season, so he wouldn't be able to be used. So the dream, the dream is dead as far as getting both of them here. But that would be really, really funny. Um, some friends of ours mentioned like Terrence Ross might mm-hmm. be an option just as kind of fulfill that Kobe role. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a pretty rough season, but he's also on a tanking team. So maybe yeah. with the right motivation, he can <laughs> be in a better spot. Yep. All right. I want to talk uh, moving on from this. And we, we got to a bunch of questions. So if you guys have any more questions, let us know. I want to talk about the Brooklyn game, and I want mm-hmm. to talk specifically about the King of the Fourth, <laughs> Mister Demar Derozan. Holy crap, man! Uh, Demar Derozan has been mm-hmm. absolutely unbelievable. So, yeah. let just I want—I just want to let you. I just want to see what you think. What What have you thought about Demar Derozan's performance these last three games? <sighs>
1: I mean, the smile can't come off my face when you when you, when you want to start talking about DeMar DeRozan. Um, I think, you know, when you got DeMar, you kind of you kind of had a sense of, like, what you are going to get. You know, you got a guy that can, can be your, your second option on what, some nights and third option on others, depending on Vooch. But, I mean, you know, the playmaking was something that you really banked on him, you know, when, when getting him and late game situations with, like, taking care of the ball. Not so much like obviously he can score, um, but like it was more so like you know we got a guy that like, you can run some you know bring it up. We won't turn the ball over and we can get into our offense and get a good shot. But like he's been that and more.
0: Um, he he's been all NBA. D- he's he's been all NBA. Like he he and Zach are shoe ins to the All Star game at this point, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> starters too, probably two starters. I would I would I, I don't know. But I think I, Lamar's
0: starting. I think Demar's starting for sure (laughs) at
1: this point. uh, Wow, man! Like Demar has, I mean, for me, like one of the biggest. I think we when we had uh, Darnell Mayberry on, we had talked about you know how this team could fit and uh, with Zach on a contract year, would he be okay with like deferring at times and being the guy in late game situations that could be comfortable with being off ball and allowing Demar to be you know, depending on who's hot, but most of the time it's been DeMar and these, well, I mean, they're both really good in the fourth this year, but like most of the time it's been DeMar taking big time shots in, at the end of the games and things like that. So you just wondered if, if that was going to be, you know, if Zach was going to really take that step knowing he was looking for that big money. But like the fact of seeing these guys love playing with each other, Zach literally in games, giving it to DeMar and being like, hey, go to work. Like, it's, it's been amazing, man. Like it's been amazing to see that we have two guys, three when Vooch is, is, is doing his thing. Um, but most of, for the most part, you have DeMar and Zach that you, at the end of games, teams are sweating bullets because you don't know, you got Zach who can shoot it all over the floor. You know, wherever he, wherever he's at most of the time, he can knock that shot down. DeMar, You know where he wants to get, you know, exactly where his spots, where he wants to get, but it doesn't matter. It it doesn't God, he will get to his spot. He'll shoot over contested hand. Some games will shoot over the help. It doesn't matter. If he's in his spots for the most part, it's going to go down. And um, wow, man, talk about the basketball guys blessed us, man, because I, I think crazy enough, He's probably outperforming that contract yet.
0: Yeah. So no, I'd I'd say so. Uh I think he's he has easily been the best player on the team this year. As good as, as I think Zach has been as good as Zach has been, I think he hasn't been he hasn't he wasn't as good as last year. Um which is fine. They're winning more. He's doing his job, like he's still putting up great numbers. You know, his shooting number is a little bit down percentage but I wanted to read I wanted to read you some stats from will Gottlieb our friend will Gottlieb you guys should definitely follow him on Twitter and follow uh, he's now one of the co-hosts with Mark Karenzolas on Bulls mm-hmm. HQ Zach and Demar in the clutch this year Zach has had 39 minutes in the clutch he has he scored 46 points which is the most in the entire league he's shooting 52 percent from the field. 94% from the free throw line. And here's the here's the biggest stat that impressed me. He has not had a single turnover in the clutch this year, which I thought was his biggest single weakness from last year was turnovers in crunch time. Demar has been a huge huge help with that. Obviously, you know, Lonzo and Caruso and and Vooch have a big effect on that as well. Demar in thirty-seven crunch time minutes, thirty-six points, which is seventh in the NBA, shooting fifty-nine percent from the field and a hundred percent from the free throw line with only one turnover. <laughs> that these two guys have been unbelievable, unbelievable. They have a plus nine point one rating, net rating in, in the in crunch time. So that's Will Gottlieb that tweeted that, tweet that uh, yesterday. So <laughs> this is what we wanted. To happen. This is the reason why we thought DeMar would be the perfect candidate to bring in next to Zach, because he takes some of that scoring load off. He's reliable in crunch time. He gets to his spots, as you said. He doesn't get sped up. He doesn't get slowed down. The man is a machine. He's the man is just in his office doing his work. Doesn't care what visitors come. Doesn't care who's emailing him. The man just does his work. And he gets it done every day. And he's doing it at at the highest level I've ever seen. Uh, So now the question that King TMC asks here that I want to ask you is, can he keep this up for 82 games and into the playoffs? Can he do what he's doing now? Can he continue to do this? Is it sustainable?
1: Uh, You know what? I think think so, man. Because, okay, maybe not as at the clip, but I think – Very, I think it can be close to because if you think about like how teams are playing the bulls for the most part, the Mars not getting the best defender. Um, Like teams are still sending the best defender to Zach. Um, And I think going forward, maybe teams switch it up, but I don't know. I, I, as a coach, like, I don't know if I switch it up. I would, I would probably say, you know, (laughs) just let that dude continue to shoot contested twos and we'll, we'll keep our best defender on the perimeter, guard Zach, because, you know, that's, that's the the, the sharpshooter. You know, the guy that can get it off the bounce and he can also knock down three-point shots. I'd probably keep my best defender on him. Uh, but, but DeMar is probably not going to get the best defender every single night. And I think that's huge. I think it's huge um, because no matter what you think about Vooch, right, no matter what you think about him, he's going to get a certain – amount of attention every single night. Yeah. And it's going to allow DeMar to get to his spots. It's going to allow DeMar to not have the stressful, um, kind of shots. And like a lot of these shots that Zach, uh, Zach, uh, that DeMar is taking, those are the shots that DeMar is, is completely fine with taking. Um, the, 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 these are not shots that, you know, he's ex- overextending himself and like you know, taking crazy, whatever, these are shots that you can clearly see that he has worked on in off season for a very long time. And if you're avid uh, NBA watcher, you understand that DeMar is always taking these types of shots. So um, I think that's one of the things too. And and you got to remember too, like Toronto, even San Antonio, he always, 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 always had to touch the ball the ball was, you know, except for Kyle Lowry, when he had Kyle Lowry, but um like he always had to be the guy to 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 take the tough shots whatever doesn't have to do that all the time he does that because like most of the time this season he's been hot like he when he gets going I'm obviously going to keep getting the ball but Zach Levine is another guy and he's showing you with his stats in the fourth quarter that he's another guy too that you can get I mean tonight he had 13 attempts in the free throw line like my god yes please continue Zach um, at the end of the game, you got to be attacked the basket where, where you, I think you've seen multiple times. Zach still has times where he, you make you scratch your head with some of the shots he takes. But I think in the crunch time, um, the last couple games, like he's, there's a couple, couple possessions where I'm like, whoa, okay. That old Zach would have tried to take a contested th- step back three, but he, I mean, tonight he got downhill uh, on a shot that he could have taken a contested step back three but he took it downhill and got got uh got to the got to the bucket and finished and you know, up and under. Um and it's like I think over time it's going to get better. I think right now you're you're just getting wins how you can get wins because guys are still trying to fit gel and, and get even better. Like I I think people uh see the wins and like oh man they're 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 where they need to be like but it's like the best thing about this is they're getting wins where they're not completely a hundred percent like it, uh, in sync and, uh, uh, offensively. Cause I think you can tell by, if you look at, you know, obviously in the transition, they're, they're damn good. But in half court, that's when they drop off a bit. And I think that's going, that's going to change with more time. As you can see, for people that watch the Nets game tonight, like I told Chris earlier, it's like when they would try to, when Billy had told uh, DeMar to come to that left, the left hash and told guys to spread out and they were going to run the Zach and DeMar pick and roll. Which eventually with Zach he usually turns to a pick and pop, uh, but like Zach popped to the wrong side and ran into Demar. Like that stuff happens when you're not completely gelled. You you're not you don't you're not completely completely at where you need to be when you're you know uh, as you're learning, uh, because once you start to learn and figure out where guys like to be on the floor, that stuff doesn't happen. You you know so, uh, but that's where I'm at with Demar. I, I think I think that it can I think it can continue because he won't see the best defender every single night. And when you have Vooch and Zach on the floor, it's not going to be as stressful um, as it has been in the past because teams could just really key in on him. Um, so, I mean, I, I think I'm on, a lot, that was really long winded, but I think I'm on the end of, uh, I think he can't continue. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. That was really good. Um, it's interesting because I, I agree with you. I think, The now the efficiency may not always be as good as it is now, or the or the the numbers. But as you mentioned, he's getting to his spots, and he's he's taking shots that he's always taken. He's been taking them for 13 years. You notice with Zach, Zach does get still get rushed a little bit under pressure, and he'll he'll get at those spots where you're like, did you really need that step back three there? You know, did sometimes he'll there was a game where he. He he like he he like pulled a double team into the corner with him as he dribbled mm-hmm. like he dribbled into a corner, getting double teamed to, to mm-hmm. like put himself in a tough spot to make a pass or a shot. So he's getting he's he's got to work these things out. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of room for improvement there. But just having Demar and Zach next to each other takes pressure off of both of them and allows them to take better shots and make better decisions. Um, now King TMC mentions the playoffs are different you can game plan for a player better. And that has been a weakness of Mars where they have game planned for him um, in, in past playoff in past playoff um, series. Now I think where that's different and it's always comes down to situation, but the situation with this team, he has a lot more, he has a lot more high end talent than I think the Toronto teams that he was on did have. Now Kyle Lowry is an amazing talent, as you know, um, but he is not the scoring threat that Zach Levine is. And they never had someone, you know, like, like Valanciunas is, gets better every year, it seems like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't that guy. He wasn't as much that guy, I think, when, when they had those teams. So, but you never know. I mean, he, that, that trend could continue, but my, my initial thought on that is, I think it's going to be, they're they're definitely going to game plan for DeMar. They're going to game plan for Zach, and they're going to have to counter that. But DeMar does have playoff experience. He's probably seen some of the looks that they're going to throw at him in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zach is more who I'm worried about because he's never been in that situation. But you saw what happened with uh, a very similar player in Devin Booker when he had a guy like Chris Paul next to him, and the Suns went to the finals. I'm not saying the Bulls go to the finals, but I do think that having stars next to you that have been in those situations before will help kind of ease the transition for Zach. And I think it's going to make DeMar's job easier in the playoffs. And Vooch obviously has been in the playoffs as well and has 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 been has performed very well individually in the playoffs, even if his team you know, didn't end up uh, doing a lot of winning. So I do think that that core three guys is going to be really, really hard, even in a half-court uh, defensive setting in the playoffs, to guard on a nightly basis. It's just going to be tough. They have to guard those three guys, that's going to be a, a tall task. Now the bulls are going to have to guard them too. And, you know, I've been encouraged by the defense, but it needs to continue. It needs to be sustainable as well. And, and we'll see if it is, it's, it's stayed within the top 10 for the most part, other than I think after the Pacers game, I want to say it dropped to like 13th or, or 10th or 11th or something, but it's back to seventh. So, yeah. Um, and as Eric says, no LeBron in the East. And there may not be a LeBron in the West for very long either, if, if uh, things continue to go this way and the Lakers continue being extremely underwhelming this season.
1: I think that's a great point, man. Because I think those Toronto Raptors teams that uh, that he was on for a lot of for, for the most part, I think they had the best record one year. I think I think I mean LeBron really dismantled. I mean, think about us as, as Bulls fans, man. Like what he did to us, you know. So, um, you know, I think offensively, it's tough, man, because the teams, whether they go, I, I don't know, maybe teams play, play a little bit more zone against the Bulls unless they show um, improvement over the year against it. But there, are, I mean, I don't think there's very many teams that have the three guys that the Bulls have that have great synergy in terms of, you know, offensively what you can run. Um, how they play off each other—it's um, going to be very hard, you know, for teams to do. I mean, look at what the the Bulls against the Heat, which I think defensively, I think they're probably well without Bam, man, it's going to be tough. Who knows how they're going to be when Bam gets back? But um, and and that, that uh, King, King TMC brings a great point, Giannis in the in, in the Bucks. Um, I was
0: going to say the two teams that I am worried about are the Bucks and the Heat because they do have three guys that kind of have that synergy. Mm-hmm. And that defensive talent that they can match up with us fairly yeah. well. But, you know, hopefully
1: we wouldn't see those guys until like an ECF or, or something like that. But...
0: Well, it, it looks like both the Heat and the Bucks are probably going to be in the top four. I think the top four is going to be Nets, Bucks, Heat, Bulls. Um, and then I think the Hawks are coming. I think they're going to be five or six. Um, I don't think the Wizards and the Cavs are going to be this good the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you'll see. I think you'll see Philly come back around once they're a little bit healthier or who am I missing? Uh, the Nets, or, I'm sorry. The uh, Celtics haven't been super good either. Indiana ain't doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, who am I missing here? Yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's going to be it's Brooklyn, Chicago, Milwaukee, Miami. I think you're going to be top four. I think you're going to have, Philly and Atlanta probably in that five, six. And then I think seven, eight, nine is probably going to be some combination of Washington, Boston, and New York. So we'll see. And that 10th spot could be Charlotte, could be Toronto, could be Cleveland. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. So, I mean, I would love to get like if we can, if we can lock down the first or second seed and end up facing a team like, it, like Cleveland or Washington or, or Charlotte in the first round, I think that would make me feel a lot better about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, C- Cleveland, Cleveland actually, is, I never thought I'd be saying this, but they could give us some problems with their size Yeah, in, in a playoff series. If we don't make a move at the trade deadline, that's, that's, that's a team that would be, I still think we'd beat them in a seven game series, but I think that would be a really interesting matchup uh, to go against. Yeah. We're getting we're getting way ahead of ourselves here talking about the playoffs playoff matchups in November or December now. But the, I wanted to ask you just about the Nets game if anything stood out to you in that second half because in the first half I got to watch. I thought they did a really poor job at getting into the paint or going or getting downhill in general. They relied a lot on that corner three
1: mm-hmm. and
0: a lot on the Demar pull up bend range, which you know the, it kept them afloat. Yeah, but it was clear it wasn't it wasn't doing it wasn't doing all it needed to do so did they did they get downhill a lot more in the second half is that is that what kind of led to that comeback
1: i thought they did a def i definitely thought they did a better job of of getting into the paint on the second half i mean like i said zach had 13 free throws um attempted in the whole game and um I, i just and also too there were a lot of like there were some calls man that um were very frustrating there was a call where uh, DeMar clearly got fouled and he shot it. They called it on the floor. Uh, I think a couple of times with DeMar. DeMar would get fouled and he finished and they called it on the floor. Um, there were a couple of times like that, man. It may be a couple more than a couple that that should have been more free throws. Um, and, and, I mean, the free throw discrepancy was, uh, was was big. But still, I thought there were there were times for more free throws. But, um I thought the Bulls did a, a really good job in terms of um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was James Harden. He looks—I don't want to talk trash on him. He looked—he he,
0: looked—he looked gassed tonight. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because he, they played last night because he was getting right to the rim and just yeah,
1: yeah. Even in second just half
0: too, pulling a vooch. He,
1: he you know, short, leaving them short or just you know, it was like. Man, like, even old old James, it didn't matter if it was a, on the second back of the back, he was still giving you a 30-plus. So it's like, man. But um, the way Lonzo was guarding um, James Harden, like, what I loved about it was, like, you know how he's so good at, like, if you reach in, he, he he's good at, like, getting that, like, rip foul. Same thing that, like, DeMar does. Uh, and I, I love the way Lonzo was guarding him. Like, he just kept his arms out wide. Um, he, you know, he didn't reach in, he stayed chest to chest with him. And I just loved, I loved seeing him guard James. Like you could see that he was just so in he, he, every time he he had to guard him on ball, you could tell in his head, it's like, don't foul, don't foul. Just keep my hands wide. Don't just move my feet. That. He was, yeah. he was behind his
0: head, you know? <laughs>
1: <It's>, <laughs> you and know. I'm I'm just like th- this, you love seeing that stuff, man. Um, but, uh, again, man, I, I just think, um, as much as DeMar going absolutely out of his mind, you know, at times in the fourth quarter, I still think half court, they got to get better. They they have to find a way to continually um, just grind out, you know, like, yes, again, like it's NBA. There are times where you're just going to have to throw the ball to Zach or throw the ball to DeMar and say, Hey, go get us a bucket. But, I really think they have to start continuing to get better half court, just grinding out possessions, um, and finding the best shot. A lot of times they, they find the shot that the defense is willing to give up, but I, I just would like to see them grind and find the shot that they want. Um, and obviously, I mean, if they're going to leave Lonzo open fine. You know, Lonzo is a guy, you know, <laughs> they can shoot 40% on catch shooting threes. So I guess that's what you want, but, at the same time, I would love to see them try to generate some type of, you know, movement to to get a, uh, a drive to the basket, you know, try to get to the free throw line in, in moments like that, you know. Uh, but other than that, that's like nitpicking, man. I mean, they, they, um, I mean, when you got two guys like DeMar and, and Zach, you kind of just, especially in the fourth, I mean, you just kind of let them cook at certain points, man. It's just like, why am I going to take the ball out of your hands when you, when you got it going like that?
0: So yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, King, King TMC, thanks so much for the love. Appreciate that. Um, we love doing a live show. We love interacting with you guys and and hopefully we're doing something that you find interesting or, or valuable. <laughs> man. We're just doing we're just doing it because we love it. So yeah, man. Um, but you're also right. It, you know, they, the Bulls in transition are one of the best teams in the league at transition scoring efficiency. In the half court, they're pretty middling right now, and I think that's mm-hmm. what's holding back their overall offensive rating. Yeah. Um, they do have to get better at that because as the King TMC mentions, that's playoffs, right? The playoffs, you have a lot more half court, a lot less transition. So that's something I think the bulls need to improve upon. And they will, I think they will just organically as they grow together and and get more comfortable and hopefully with some, some better health luck, my goodness. Um, but that's, that's definitely something to keep, keep a track of. I do want to say. The schedule makers really suck, man. Like the the, the Bucks, we play the Bucks 4 times because they're in the Eastern they're in the Central Division. We play them 4 times this year. We don't play them at all in the first 2 months when they're struggling. Like really, we couldn't <laughs> like we couldn't just get like an easy Bucks game where they're like half their starters are out, like we couldn't just pick one of those up. No, we're going to get them like full force in February and January when they're just going to anyways. I mean, it'll be interesting to see that matchup, but Just looking at our schedule um, this this coming week. So this week we got the Nuggets on Monday at home. And I know the Nuggets uh, have been up and down. They're currently 11 and 11. But Jokic went off tonight and beat the Knicks basically by himself. Yeah. (laughs) And we don't have much for Jokic except baby Jokic, which is Nikola Vucevic. (laughs) Um, um, And then we got the Cavs on Wednesday. And then, uh, and that's at Cleveland, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are currently thirteen and ten. Uh, and then we've got Bulls Heat again, and this time it's in Miami on Saturday, and they've had some injury stuff. Obviously, Bam's out. Jimmy didn't even play, and they still beat the Pacers. But then, look at the rest of the month is a stretch. I think we can really take advantage of. We play the Pistons, the Raptors, the Lakers, the Rockets the Raptors, the Pacers, Hawks twice in a row, and then Pacers to finish off December. I'm sorry, January. Wait, no, December. Yep. So that's our games for the rest of the year. I think the Bulls need to go on that stretch. (laughs) They need to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. (laughs) They need to go seven and two, I think, (laughs) on that stretch first, or eight and one. So... Just just yeah.
1: continue to, you know, do what they've been doing. And uh um, one game a
0: time. Ahead.
1: No, no, no. I'm I'm right there with you though. Cause like, yeah. I was a guy that said, I mean, you you said uh I think you said um three three and two, three and two or on that road on that trip where they went on uh, one and three, I think. Um Yep, uh, they needed and, to be
0: three and two. And I
1: was over here like, dude, they should only lose to the heat. <laughs> And they come out and like just absolutely. So they just have to just be ready, man. They're like, don't, don't, you can't have any like kind of, you know, bad losses, man. Dude, win the games you're supposed to win.
0: Yeah. And, no, uh, no, we're losing yeah. their freaking rockets. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was on, tough. Man. That game was uh, stupid.
1: But I, you know, I'll be honest with you. The games that I am looking forward to because I am trying to see something. Is, is the Hawks, man. I yep.
0: am... I'm talking a lot of trash. I'm man, talking a lot of... Andrew I'm, Kelly talking I'm, lots of trash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm so
1: <laughs> ready. I'm so ready um, to see this. I still... I still think uh, the heliocentric stuff uh, is, is cool, regular season. Um, but, uh, you know, playoff-wise, I feel like that's something that's going to continue to hurt them. But... Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. Speaking of putting the hurt on people, Games Report. What's up, brother? How you doing? Hey. Always in here rapping. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. Oh man.
1: But uh yeah, man. Oh, I, something I wanted to bring. Like the three games, man. Um with Zach, I think I think he had like a what was it, 16-5 turnover assist to turnover ratio. Tonight he had six assists to zero uh turnovers. And like I, what I've been noticing with him, especially in pick and roll, like he's not only hitting the, the roll man anymore. Like he's actually
0: yes, you know,
1: he's making the better yes. leads, you know. So because
0: the beginning of the season, Larry, you know this. The only person he would pass to a pick <laughs> and roll is Vooch. And hundred percent of the time he was passing the Vooch only. Yeah. I've seen him hitting that, hitting the strong side, hitting the weak side corners now. I've yeah. seen him Kicking back and pick, I, he's he is growing before our very eyes. Yeah, in his, in his passing repertoire, I'm I've been impressed with that. Now, what's funny is that if you look up his stats, so this week he shot, he shot like three of six from three against the Knicks. He shot two of seven, I think, tonight. He was 0 for five in the first half from three. He hasn't been shooting. I think he shot like mid thirty percent um mid 30% i'm trying to look up his stats for the year but his mm-hmm. stats have been a little bit a little bit less than last year i think in general let me see if i can get rid of these ads <laughs> uh he's at yeah he's at 48.8% field goal percentage last year he was at 50.7 He's at 388 Hold
1: on one second. Hold on one second. Yeah.
0: That's how damn good Zach Levine has I know. Been. <laughs> I we're know. talking about
1: 48%. I know. That's
0: crazy, man.
1: That's crazy. The man
0: The man is shooting 55% from two, 39% from three, and we're like, he could do better. <laughs> like,
1: what? That's crazy. It's but wild, no, right? I I get what you're saying, though. Like, yeah,
0: Because he's he's averaging 25 Three, uh, 25.4 points per game, three point eight assists, five point three rebounds, which is a little bit less, a little bit more rebounds, <laughs> a little bit like a an assist less and two points less than last year. But man, <laughs> I know it's crazy. I have no I have no complaints about Zach. Like we talked about his defense, I think his defense has regressed a little bit, and I think a lot of it's being hidden by how freaking good Lonzo and Caruso and Javante Green and Derek Jones have been yeah but they're winning games they're seventh in defense they're 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 doing it and I think zach still has really good moments on defense um but I the man's an all-star he's yeah. 26 years old he's expanding yeah. his game now have you noticed this year he's doing a lot more of that little that little step back or fade away mid-range yeah he's nailing that shot I don't yeah. know what the percentage is on it right now but that shot is money all the time Right. All the time. He's been working on that mid-range game a lot. You could tell it's, it's showing out this year early on.
1: Yeah. He he's Zach is, uh, I mean, my gosh, man. Like, I I just find it so funny that, I mean, you're not criticizing him at all. You're just stating, you know, you know, about the little bit of the drop-off, but the drop-off from to 48% from the floor is like, like that's how good he's been. Like, he's good. Like, It's he's so good. It's crazy, man. Like, yes, he has those those head scratching moments where like, Zach, shoot the first one, you know. But, yep. I mean, I mean, the dude's a tough shot maker, like a lot of the shots that he that that he that he takes uh, and makes a lot of them like the other night where he took the the step back contested shot. That was a two, but he still made it. If he misses that, we're like, Zach, what are you doing? But, you know.
0: Half the time he makes it, and shooting fifty percent on on ridiculous shots. Then yeah. That's pretty. Key. It's like Steph Curry, right? Hey, Steph Curry, what what are you taking shots from the logo for? <laughs> oh, oh, you're shooting forty percent on those shots. Take on, baby. Take on. Like, exactly. If you you can be efficient at high volume on those types of shots, even if it looks like a stupid shot, yeah. Numbers don't lie. Like, and I I agree with you. Like, there's sometimes where like tonight in the first half, there was like sixteen on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. And he took like this step back three from one of the wings, and I was like, "I know you make that all the time, but yeah, is that really necessary?" And right now, like you guys yeah. are closing this, closing into this lead. Yep. Yeah. but the man, the man is a bucket. So I, yeah. I, I really, I really, I'm just nitpicking. If I, if I have any criticisms, it's just nitpicking at this point. Man, you yeah, know. we got we got King TMC hyped. To rewatch <laughs> this game, <laughs> me too. I'm watching it. I gotta go to bed soon. But, me too, uh, man. But uh, well, in the morning, I'm gonna watch that again. I'm excited to see the it, second half. So,
1: it, it, I mean, it's I I don't know how much I can explain. Like, I don't know how much more I can explain. How happy I am to be able to turn on a Bulls game and 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 be happy to watch a Bulls game um, and know that they're gonna compete. They're going to compete, and uh, for the most part, you expect to win. <laughs> like we, I think, I think we went from like maybe we win to like we should beat this team. Like it's,
0: it's great, it's great. It, it's true, it's true. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily expect to win every game, but I think they can, they can, they can compete against anybody. They can win any game, and they should win most games. So yeah. I'm bad. I didn't to mean to say
1: like every game, but I mean like in certain. No, no, certain no, no. You're good.
0: I got you. I got what you're saying. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard to complain. Merry Christmas yeah. to Bulls fans, and, and hopefully, man, please, injury gods, just please, just yeah, nothing crazy this year. Just you've already you've already extracted you know your pound of flesh here with with taking Patrick Williams out and having like half our team get COVID already. This COVID thing is ridiculous. Mitch Robb is... Oh
1: my gosh, man, Mitch Robb.
0: Actually, I want to to take you off of that subject because I know where that's leading. (laughs) Alex Caruso. I'm a little bit worried. Hamstrings. So I, I, I partially tore my hamstring last February. Playing ball. I couldn't walk for three days. And then it took me about six weeks before I could play basketball again. But really like eight or nine weeks before I felt like good. Mm -hmm. And even today it's been, you know, eight months since then, every time I play basketball, it's like, it feels that hamstring feels tight. It doesn't feel the same. Now I'm not, I'm not worried about re-injuring necessarily, but hamstrings typically are easy to re-injure. And obviously if Alex was playing, he didn't have as bad a Hamstring sprained as I did, maybe he just has that pain tolerance. Level. I literally couldn't walk; like I could not walk for three days. I was like, you know, like it's <laughs> just like a wood leg, you know. Yeah. um But he, he, you know, he gave it a go. He gave us a couple threes in the beginning, his usual Alex stuff. But he, he looked a little hobbled. Yeah. I am, you know, with the schedule coming up this week, that all three of those are tough games. uh What do you think? What's your concern level with Alex Caruso and Do you think he should be sitting the next couple of games?
1: uh first thing i would like to say is like i'm happy that we have billy as head coach because i feel like it was tibbs but, oh you
0: keep playing you know like he
1: would have you like kept him out there but um thank god that billy you know noticed that because you could see it in the broadcast like you see he was wincing a little bit so um, i'm glad he got out of there but yeah no i think anybody that's ever had a hamstring injury uh soft tissue any type of soft tissue injury um you should be you should be a little worried because you just never know like you know yeah. one day Especially like, with ligaments
0: man yeah
1: they
0: take they take time
1: you, you just you just one day you wake up you feel oh man i'm good you know and the, you yeah. know you, you try to do something and there it is again it feels like there's like a tennis ball in your in the back of your leg or something like that like it, you just you know you hope that it, you know he gets the good treatment um and is able to work his way back, but you know that's a tough. If if he's got to be out for a while, it's tough. You know that's what put, I'm worried about.
0: Put it put him on that Braun two week ah. trip to Miami plan. That works for him every year. I don't know what I don't know what drugs they're injecting him with, what what performance enhancing drugs are doing, but it's working yeah. for Brawn. Um, let's see. Shoot, I had something. I had one more thing, but it's gone. It's gone from my mind. Uh, but Crusoe's been a revelation. Yeah, love that guy. Love that guy. Yeah,
1: Crusoe's been uh, been great, man. Been great. I, been great. Well, I, I even thought about buying a headband, man. I, I've never, even when I play ball, I never wanted to wear a headband. Never. I hate headbands.
0: But like, really, mama's I want to be able to,
1: do, you know, do the whole yeah. white headband. I know. <laughs> I
0: know. It's amazing. Well, listen, once again, I thought we would talk for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and we have overshot our estimation. <laughs> I don't know why. We should just treat this like the dunker spot, and you just go for two and a half hours every week. <laughs> Everyone that's listening, and their ears are bleeding already, like, please no, please stop. <laughs> uh, like, but with just once a week, I feel like once a week is so little, I can talk about ball with you. And man. uh I could do it for a lot longer, and we didn't have any film tonight. And if we had any film, we'd be here for another two. Um, but we'll try and get some film for you guys next week. But I've just just been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I need to get I need to get myself a jersey for Christmas. I'm hoping the wife pulls through on that. We'll see. <laughs> but I think I'm getting I'm getting a Zach Levine jersey uh, first off. But I I may invest in the headband or the Crusoe jersey at some point. I may get a Demar jersey. Man, I love this team. Demar deserves the jersey, the the jersey purchase for sure. I just don't have the funds, but (laughs) I would love to get a Demar jersey too. Um, Anything you want to you want to touch on before we sign off for the evening?
1: I mean, I think I think we've touched on everything. I like. I just. If you guys have time, you know, all the listeners and uh, people that are viewing us right now, if you have time, take some time to either go on YouTube or, or, or search all the bad takes about this team. All the Nick Friedel takes, Tim Bond temps, <laughs> everyone and just sit back, have a glass of wine or beer or water, whatever you drink with a snack and just listen to it. And then just take a look at your maybe your laptop or your iPad and see the record and see where we rank half court defensively and just have a chuckle or two, you know? And uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out. Once I get off here, I'm going to go into the kitchen, grab something to eat and a drink and watch that. And just, <laughs> you know, especially Nick Friedel. Oh, by the way, Nick Friedel came on uh, ESPN 1000 like a couple weeks ago and they asked him, they said, Do you think, um, that this Bulls team as well as their plan. Do you think they're uh, contenders in the East? Not, not title contenders, but contenders to, to, you know, win a couple series or, uh, I think Waddle I said one series and he did that whole laugh that he likes to do, you know, uh, uh, you know, that whole like crazy laugh. It's like, no, no, they're not They're They're good, but they're not that good, you know? And I'm like,
0: <laughs> just can't just I, doubly, doubling down over and over again.
1: Why can't why can't you guys get anybody better? Just get Nick doesn't like the Bulls. Get somebody that actually is pretty even and talk to you about basketball. But yeah, I just had to say that um yeah, John Hollinger, you're, you're definitely right, but you know what John Hollinger actually has, has has tweeted and said that you know I was told, you know, I was wrong. So I I yep. respect John, you know? So, he's not doubling down.
0: Yeah. Like I'm so just others. saying after after 24 games almost the fourth of the season the bulls have the highest point differential in the east <laughs> and they have the number 2 record they're, about, they're half a game behind the brooklyn nets so yeah yeah hollinger hollinger paul he's he's uh, he's turned it around nate Duncan turned it around daniel rue turned it around um they, they all kind of seth seth yep. partnow did yep. um even tim bonteps ate crow and he's like Bulls are back baby. Like everyone's on it. Nick Friedel is the, is the final holdout on uh on Ignorance Island and uh he's going to die on that hill baby. That's okay. That's all right. <laughs> that's okay. It's it's a wor- it's he's a gonna, worthy cause, I guess.
1: He's going to bring up real plus minus and talk to you why, oh, you know. That's what he's going to do. You
0: know. That's I what he always it. does. I love it, man. I love it. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for the comments uh, this evening. It's so nice to be back. I, I know I we're we're here every week. I don't know why I'm back, but I feel like every Saturday I'm like, "Yes, we're back. We get to talk about the Bulls again." Um, hey Vince, uh, I'll give credit to Vince. Vince Goodwill yeah. said, "Hey, this Bulls team is gonna yeah. be good." He was he and Chris Herring uh, were were one of the few besides us, of course, that, huh. that thought your beloved Chicago Bulls were gonna be a force in the East. So glad it's happened so far. Yeah, a lot of season to go. A lot of season to go, and the you know you go on a four game losing streak and you're in 10th or 11th yeah. in the east so you know the bulls got to keep bringing it hopefully hope for good health but uh, thank you guys for the comments thanks you guys uh, for hanging out with us and uh, oh i did want to mention if you guys did not get a chance to listen to last week's episode uh with Alana Tahour she was uh, incredible she also gave a lot of good insight on the Miami Heat which is one of those teams that I, that Larry and I, I think are both talked about um you know, being a playoff team, that would be a, a real tough challenge for us. So, definitely check out that episode if you haven't on YouTube. Um, there was a little problem with it uploading to podcast form, but it is up. So please, uh, so please go check that out as well and give her a follow. She's awesome. She yeah. she does. Um, uh, she's an associate producer for NBC Sports Chicago, and just she was just a really cool person. So it was great having her on. And we'll try and get, you know, continue to get more cool guests for you guys in the future. Um, yeah, but you guys enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your yeah. weekend. Listen to Laro Golden. The G stands for gets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Long man. Long time. I know, right? Man,
1: couldn't win with that guy,
0: you know, but uh, yeah. Uh, it's Alana Tahauer. Uh, and you, if you just look us up on YouTube or on on the uh, look under Barroom Network on any podcast platform, you'll find the episode uh, uploaded recently. It was, it's called "The Heat Is On." Is that the episode title? So go check that out, guys. Otherwise, see you guys next week. Go Bulls! We got a fun schedule. Fun never ends, man. Nope. More stuff today. More stuff tomorrow. All right. See you guys. Peace. Peace.